0: from Maze and brew part of the sb nation podcast network the podcast that bam margera would probably listen to if he were still alive i am jared stormer of mazeandbrew.com with me as always is andy bailey my hetero life mate also of mazeandbrew.com andy you top half of a minotaur how are you brother
1: i'm good and i love that you include the bam margera line since he is still alive
0: he definitely is alive
1: <laughs> so somewhere he's listening to these hot takes or spewing or mild takes you know it's more accurate yeah. But ah, doing great, brother. It's been another good week, concluding the draft. A lot of thoughts, a lot of good Michigan things coming out for basketball and college football. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Eight Michigan Wolverines drafted. And uh, we'll talk about how a team with eight draftees loses to a team with none. But not right now, because let's first start with some basketball news. We talked about it in our last pod. And that was Devontae Jones was likely going to commit to Michigan. So we're not going to go too much into him as a player, as we already did that uh Devontae jones is in franz wagner is out as he declares for the draft so we pretty much know what we've got for next season i would imagine
1: yeah uh, the roster spots all of the scholarship places are filled now so that's good news we know exactly what the team is going to look like we got the backcourt player we needed and i feel great about this team moving forward now well, what we've been saying is they need somebody in the backcourt along with eli brooks to really like help him carry the loads. We don't put these inexperienced guys out into the fire right away. And this answers all those questions.
0: It really does. This is exactly what we needed. Uh, only way it could have been better is if he was like 6'5 or something and running the point for us. But having an experienced ball handler that really looks like he knows how to distribute, looks to get his guys involved, can shoot the three ball, shifty in the lane. Our big guys are going to love this guy penetrating and getting looks for him, him and Brooks as guys that you can really trust. And yeah, we're all very excited about Frankie Collins, Zeb Jackson, Kobe Bufkin, but I would not want them leading me in a you know a deep tournament run. That's where you need a senior guy like this, an older guy who's going to run your offense when it's not Eli Brooks running the offense.
1: No, and we talked last week how he's gotten better every season, and our theory is proven right as we've got to watch some tape this past week that all his defensive statistics were a little bit down, but that's because he takes so many risks going for steals, and he was a game changer for them defensively as he would take risks and force turnovers and really carry the issue with this team last year. So coming to Michigan, he won't have to carry that load, and he should be able to fit seamlessly into this. And one of the biggest selling points for Michigan for Devontae Jones was Juwan Howard. So he was down to earth, expects him to work hard and you know continue to build that Michigan culture, and said all the right things man I'm couldn't be more excited for this kid seems to really be buying what we're selling
0: absolutely and it what it does is it raises your ceiling for this season like this year they don't want to dip back down to where next season's like a little bit of a disappointment you know just made the tournament with an early exit no they want to consistently be one of the best teams in the nation moves like this help you there and I mean he's gonna count for wins I mean simply put He just is. He's going to give you a couple extra wins by getting this guy during the regular season and probably either in the Big Ten tournament or in the NCAA tournament. So great get. Once again, so excited for basketball season. Um, I mean, more so excited for basketball than football season, even though I'm a bigger football fan.
1: Yeah, same. But so you say expectations for next year's team were the same for this year's team?
0: Uh, what did we say? We said round of 32, sweet 16, something like that. Um, I think we yeah. said,
1: I think we said sweet 16. I think for this team, we, we have to
0: probably say elite eight. Yeah. I mean, we did it last year. We weren't expected to, I mean, this team's going to have a little bit more of a, a target on their back, but Hunter Dickinson's probably going to compete for player of the year. Yep. So you've got a guy like that on your team with Eli Brooks. Uh, he's going to be all, all big 10. He should have been this year. Uh, wasn't all big 10 defense, which was crazy. Just uh, insulting. Yeah, that, that was wild. Um, So, yeah, I expect uh, I, I expect Sweet 16. I mean, I'll, I'll keep it right there for now because once you get above that, I mean, those, those are high expectations. But they will be a top eight team in the country.
1: Absolutely. They should be. He said Hunter Dixon, player of the year. Brandon Johns, the step he took in the tournament. If he can continue to build from that with cool. the incoming talent in the freshman class, Eli Brooks, oh, baby. Oh,
0: let's, Taylor, go. let's go. Yeah, if Johns takes another step, look out. So... All right, so let's move on into football. The NFL draft happened. What were your overall thoughts? It seemed kind of like a wild one. I mean, there was no drafts that really got it even close to right
1: this was so much fun like the first the first night was incredible with all the trades up and down it was more viewed than the NBA Finals last year Wow <laughs> everyone was just tuned into it and it was a good time Roger Goodell sucked per usual brought a chair up there which I found kind of strange but you know worse things have happened didn't deter me at all and had a good time man it was really entertaining
0: yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, too. I watched the entire first round, uh, watched the second round. I've watched the majority of it, sometimes just as background noise, and then you tune in when your team comes up. But yeah, the, uh, the trading was big. I mean, it got thrown on its head early on with Trey Lance going instead of Mac Jones, who you and I both liked Trey Lance. I like Trey Lance a little bit more than you did. I thought he was my third guy, but. I'm no quarterback evaluator. So I was cool with that pick, but that really threw things on its head. And then, uh, yeah, our mock draft, uh, really fell off after that.
1: (laughs) History will prove us right. Because we drafted what we would do, you know, because we're smarter than everybody. So Mm -hmm. history will prove us right. Just give us time.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And I mean, some of those picks I like more than ours. So, uh, who, was there a team that you were really impressed with what they did or, uh, give me a, a couple picks that you really liked.
1: The New York Jets flat out got Zach Wilson at two, and they traded up later and stole Elijah Vera Tucker. Thought just great moves by both of them. Ended up getting Elijah uh, was it Elijah Moore, Moore? Yeah, yeah, from Ole Miss later on. So they just knocked it out of the park. A lot. It was it was really hard to find a team that really screwed up. Uh, I would say the Raiders kind of screwed up by taking Leatherwood, but they balanced it back out by getting the number one safety in the second round, and I would say. Yeah, I would say the Jaguars' second pick really screwed up, drafting Travis Etienne when you already have Robinson, who's a stud. and But it's okay, because I like
0: watching Urban Meyer struggle. It's fun. Sure, sure yeah. <laughs> I don't think Etienne's going to struggle. I think he'll be a good pick. That's just more about the value of taking a yeah. running back when you have so many other needs. Yeah, I get that, why, why that was a bit of a reach. You could have got somebody in the second round there and still have all sorts of needs on that team. Um, the Raiders, while I like Trevon Morrig in the second round, that was great. They then took two more safeties in this draft. So, like, once again, a team with needs all over the place. And, like, I mean, are they sticking with Derek Carr there? I don't know. I could see, I could see John Gruden being on the hot seat as early as next year. I think the Raiders didn't necessarily get a ton better. Whereas some teams, you look at them, and you look at their whole off season and you're like, oh, that team got a lot better. The Cleveland Browns, if you count their draft and their off season, got a lot better. The Kansas City Chiefs completely overhauled their offensive line, and now it's going to be a strength. They yeah. got better. Yeah. And, uh, like, so that's a team that I look at that got better. Uh, the Jaguars got better just because they took Trevor Lawrence. They couldn't get much worse. It couldn't get much worse. Um, the Bears, credit to them. I, I hate that he was there and they were able to do this, but moving up to get Justin Fields, I don't know that he'll be the answer, but like, at least you give your franchise something to look forward to and your fans something to look forward to. So kudos for getting up and getting him.
1: The starting quarterbacks Allen Robinson's played with since college, uh, Christian Hackenberg, Matt McGloin, Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky,
0: Nick Foles. That is atrocious.
1: Yeah, he's caught passes from worse, but those were his main starting quarterbacks during that time. And now he at least gets some hope
0: with um, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. That is atrocious. Man, you really feel for a guy like that because that's tough to put up the numbers you're supposed to when you have Matt McGloin and Christian Hackenberg tossing <laughs> you the ball.
1: Yeah, those are his college quarterbacks. And then he came in the league with Blake Bortles. It's like, there you enjoy that.
0: Oh, well, he had Hackenberg in college, who I still wasn't impressed with.
1: No, yeah, he had both of them in college at Penn State. So, like – he hasn't had a good quarterback, at least probably since high school.
0: Yeah. Matt McGloin. <laughs> yeah. Who? Whom? <laughs> um, yeah. Other surprises. Um, things we were wrong about. The run on cornerbacks happened very early with Carolina opting to pass on Sean Slater and take J.C. Horn, who we both love. Um, But they don't play a ton to -to man-to-man, and he's a man-to-man quarterback, so that was interesting. And then Sertain going right after that to nine. So uh, you were definitely right with the the cornerbacks being valued early. We were just wrong that it would be that early.
1: Yeah, I mean, they jumped way up there for that. I was surprised, but I was not surprised that after Horn went that Sertain was going to go right after. It seemed there was a premium placed on them. And I really hope they can value J.C. Horn and what he does best because we love the way he plays, just an absolute dog on the field. And a later pick the Panthers that I <clears throat> that I loved was reuniting offense coordinator Joe Brady with Terrence Marshall from LSU. Got a steal later in the later rounds.
0: Yep. Some injury concerns with him allowed him to drop. Yeah, the uh, the cornerbacks really surprised me. But um, something you pointed out when we were doing this is uh, there tends to be a value on positions yeah. now and cornerbacks and defensive ends are really high on that list. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised that this keeps happening year in and year out. Um, there's a run on that. And I mean, there's a lot of good wide receivers uh, and a lot were taken in this draft here. But the cornerback after those two really become guesses. Um, the guy Newsom that the Browns got. I was able to finally watch the tape on him and I'm excited about that pick. Um, and there are some guys later on down in the draft that that could hit a corner, but there was a drop off after that too. Um, the other thing that uh, this one, I think I was more right about was reuniting um, college quarterbacks with their wide receivers and just a theme of giving your young quarterback help. That yep. was definitely a theme, especially in the first two rounds of helping young quarterbacks with your picks.
1: Yeah, you nailed the helping them out part for sure because Waddle goes to Miami with Tua, Hertz gets Devontae Smith, Burrow gets Jabbar Chase, even Lawrence gets ETN for as much as we hate on the pick. But it's just like, yeah, it was a very big theme, interesting theme as well. Which one of yours, what is your favorite duo that we got out of this?
0: Well, Burrow and Jamar Chase, I think, has the chance to be really good really quickly. Um, I still don't quite know about Tua, but Jalen Waddell is going to be a lot of fun there. And I think they're going to use him like Tyreek Hill. But I mean, right now you got to like Burrow more. Um, And then the other guys are just kind of unproven as far as reuniting them. We don't quite know yet. So Burrow to Chase, I mean, you could probably pencil that in for like 800, 900 yards. Easy rookie season. Like those might be low numbers. (laughs) I think that's going to be a big connection.
1: That's I same for me. I'm super excited about that. We were huge and still are huge Joe Burrow fans. As soon as Tom Brady retires, I'm going to invest all my stock into Joe Burrow after that. And bringing Chase there is great. I really hope they can figure out the line. But now they have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd there to sling the ball around, and Joe Mixon at running back. So they have tons of skill in that offense.
0: Pretty fun, but and yeah, and Chris Evans. And which we will get to, Chris Evans, which is a <laughs> lot of fun too. Mixon and Evans, oh mama. Yeah. yeah, And I kind of thought they were going to address the offensive line early on. They thought they could get good value doing that later. And they they took Jackson Carmen, who is not the sure thing that Rayshon Slater or Christian Darasaw would have been. Those guys are two of the safest prospects in the draft. So let's just hope they can keep them upright. I would hate to see Burrow be surrounded by those kind of weapons, but just be running for his life all year. 100%.
1: Hundred percent. They if they can't address it this year, I hope he can stay healthy and they can really take care of it next season with somebody maybe later in the draft. Because I expect they'll be a little better. They they'll be better than they were this past season. But you always fear for the Andrew Luck situation. You don't
0: want that to happen to Burrow. Yeah, absolutely. And then one more thing that you were right about the run on defensive ends, especially the uh, the ones that are high upside, low production. Uh, Jason Oway, Gregory Rousseau, Jalen Phillips all went first round. Um, Peyton Turner went to New Orleans, like a bit of a reach. So uh, you were right about that. I kind of thought that uh, they were being overvalued, and I wanted some linebackers to be taken, but. I mean, there is still such a premium on getting good pass rushers, even though you're taking just a lot of swings. I mean, what was it? Buffalo took back-to-back.
1: Yeah, I mean, they were really loading up on it. But the one thing I, I hated, it was the same thing that happened to Moe Hurst, was the heart concerns with our boy, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. I think I pronounced that right. Go me. And, uh, yeah, he, just, he drops and drops, and the Browns just steal him. It's like, he is outstanding at football. He was cleared by medical doctors. What are we doing here?
0: Dude, Dave Podesta, man, or whoever's actually pulling the trigger, they get, like, the guys that drop that, like, all right, well, we'll take Grant Delpit if you're going to let him drop. Like, we'll yeah. take a Utsu Koromoa if you're going to let him drop. Greedy Williams, sure. Yeah. So, like, they, I mean, they, they loaded up, and they got they, – they're going to be so much better. Like, that, they just turned their secondary from weakness into a strength, so.
1: And they it just took a flyer me. on Malik McDowell.
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, I saw that, so. We'll see about that. There was somebody else they took a flyer on. Um, I think it was Marvin Wilson from Florida state who went undrafted, who was at one point being talked about as a first rounder. So a lot of upside on that defense um all right well we're gonna get into some more michigan specific stuff but first I'd like take a moment to talk about our sponsor Homefield apparel out of indianapolis they are the incredibly comfortable incredibly affordable sportswear brand with the largest and most comprehensive selection of college apparel that i've seen in the game right now uh, if you're a michigan fan they have got you covered with new and old if you're a fan of some other lesser team They still got you covered, new and old styles. I like that, that you can just build your own. Getting into the summer months, time to switch from the hoodie back over to the t-shirts, and that is all right with me. Homefield is a licensed apparel company, got you covered. Get 20% off your first purchase with MNB at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. All right, so the Michigan players taken in this draft, there were eight of them that we mentioned, ending with Cameron Cheeseman being drafted and not Quinn Nordine, which let's take a moment to revel in how funny that is. Yeah. I, I mean, I could not believe the talk that Quinn Nordine was the number one kicker in this draft. And I was like, really? This is a pretty awful kicker draft. Then. Like, yeah,
1: this is a, just a sad joke, isn't it? It's just really poor joke. I, I told you I was watching 2019 highlights the other day because – I was trying to feel, find some optimism, and sure. every time we kicked the ball, I just didn't know where it was going.
0: <laughs> that was the problem with that, yeah. So Cameron Cheeseman <laughs> drafted Quinn Nordeen, does not, uh, Quiddy Pay in the first round to Indianapolis, pick number twenty one. What do you think about this one? I I love it actually because you
1: know I haven't been the biggest Pay fan. It's no secret. I think this is perfect value for him. I didn't think he was top 10 worthy, but 21 right to the Colts. Good, stable franchise. You have one of the best linebackers in football playing right behind you. And you get to play next to um, DeForest Buckner as well. Like, no, this is a great fit for him. Great organization. I think he could
0: really thrive here and learn from some of those savvy vets too. Yeah, and not being a top 10 pick, he's not going to have this crazy spotlight on him where it's like, man, this guy isn't producing right out of the gate, so you can kind of ease him in. I think that's a good fit, too, for a young team. Honestly, if you look at Indianapolis, this is a team that's really starting to kind of turn the page to this next group of guys, and on defense, it's a, it's a lot of young guys, too. So he's going to add to that core and... I mean, I'm excited. It's Frank Reich there, is it not, the, uh, the coach? Yep. yep. Yeah, Frank Great. Reich, you got a good coach. I mean, Carson Wentz, I'm not necessarily sold on as your quarterback, but that's not going to impact Quiddy Pay's ability to come in and do something.
1: Yeah, and now he gets to go up against Quentin Nelson sometimes in practice, so you're really going to learn against one of the best.
0: Ooh, that's going to make you better. That's going <laughs> to. Better. He better um, put on his big boy brawl that game. Yeah, right, Quentin Nelson. Man, that dude is just another level i never thought i could really love somebody from notre dame that much but i really do enjoy quentin nelson and a guard I've i know never been, like man what a guard
1: yeah yeah he like made the guard position sexy with like his highlights of pancaking linebackers. like you know it's kind of cool like look yeah. watch that guard pull look at
0: that oh would you look at that pull yeah yeah <laughs> started to appreciate it more but also they did the mic'd up with him and i was like okay this dude's a lunatic yeah and just like, oh. it's like george killer just a psychopath on the field. i love this guy yeah, yeah i was like all right all right I, I, i'm in on this um <laughs> all right so we want to talk about those other guys let's actually take a quick break we'll come back go through the rest of the draft picks and then what we will do is look at the 2022 guys which could be a sneaky good class of prospects uh for michigan wolverines to the nfl we'll talk about that and more right after this All right, welcome back to Out of the Blue. When we left off, we were talking about the Michigan Wolverines that were taken in the 2021 draft. We only got to one, and that was Pay, but he was our lone first-round draft pick, which there was some talk that maybe Mayfield could get up there, but he went in round three to the Atlanta Falcons, pick number 68. What do you think about this and that fit?
1: Great value for the Falcons there. Can't knock it. You're going to an established team, an established franchise with a lot of pieces that was arguably one of the best worst teams of last season lost so many games within one possession or screwed it up late somehow in classic Falcons fashion. So feel great for him. If they're going to start rebuilding under Arthur Smith and you get to play next to Kyle Pitts it's never a bad thing either.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, their offense should be really good. They've invested on the offensive line. Uh, easy pick for me for the most improved team, them or San Francisco, just because they're going to get healthy guys back. They This is a more talented roster than a team picking fourth in the draft. So yeah, I think there's some good guys next to him. He won't be asked to start right away, but if, maybe as soon as next year, he comes in for him and uh, probably won't be blocking for Matt Ryan for too long. But if he gets in this year, it could be an explosive offense. And like you said, good value provides good depth. Next pick in round three, we're going to spend some time on this one. I've got some thoughts. Nico Collins goes to the Houston Tech and Texans at pick 89. I was screaming at the television for the Lions to take him at the start of round three. They did not. He fell to probably if I had to pick a team I didn't want him to go to, this would be that team.
1: It's very rough. It's dark days in Houston, and they're going to continue to be dark days in Houston. There's a lot of problems in the front office and everywhere else, but they have one person there that in defense of the Houston Texans, which I can't believe I'm about to do, and Nick Casario, who is flat out just hes a great football mind from the Patriots organization, and in about two years can really start to turn this franchise around. But for the next two seasons, good luck. Like, it's just going to be downhill, it's going to be dark, and it's going to be awful, and it's all smeared with the whole Deshaun Watson situation that's currently underway. So... Prayers be with Nico. Get him to year three, and I think he'll be a really solid player there and have some help. But man, for two years, it's going to be grim. Who is Nick Casario? Oh, dude, trust me. Dig into this. So Nick Casario is going to build that franchise because I mean, from rubble, you can only build up, and they're about to be at very they're about to be at the very bottom of rubble.
0: So it's time to start building, or will be in so two you, years. Is that their new head coach that they took over all the guys Watson wanted?
1: No, that's their GM. So they, they have the weird situation with the chaplain as team president, but Nick Casario is the GM who's like, I'm not trading Deshaun Watson. I don't care what he says, which is honestly a great move. <laughs> not anymore, yeah. but was then.
0: Well, yeah. And I mean, we could get into all that. The fact that the lawyer uh, representing the women in this trial like works for the team president or is like has some of it's a bizarre story down in Houston. I'm not going to comment on that sort of thing. I'm just going to say it's not good. necessarily what's going on but i don't think it's a good thing and it's not a situation that you want to go into and as a lions fan i am not buying into that whole we'll just build like the patriots a lot of people have tried that only brian flores seems to have gotten it right um so i'm not buying it and if deshaun watson starts this year let's let's look at it if that happens like best case scenario nico collins with deshaun watson is amazing And he's going to have the best situation maybe of any of our rookies. I mean, I would say that if Deshaun Watson plays and he's happy and not just punting on the season, that's the best quarterback that you could have possibly gone to outside of Mahomes or maybe Brady or something. So there is a world that exists where thing the ship writes in Houston and Deshaun Watson is tossing to Nico Collins this year as what I would have to think would be one of their primary targets. I mean, they just are bereft of talent now.
1: Yeah, they have Brandon Cooks.
0: The other receiver is... Bills, who I don't even know if it's going to play for him. Will Fuller's gone.
1: They Oh, I can't think of the other guy. He was um, Randall exactly. Cobb. Randall Cobb, that's who it was. Yeah, that's why I couldn't think of him. Exactly. No, I don't think Sean Watson's ever going to take a snap for the Texans again. I think he'll take a snap for, you know, maybe like the Raiders in like five years. But he's <laughs> not going to take another snap for the Texans. So he's going to be catching touchdowns from Tyrod Taylor, who lost his job in... Los Angeles last year for the Chargers after he was stabbed in the chest by the team trainer
0: so there's a story so there's levels <laughs> to this story now we're into a stabbing um, you know we don't know if Sean Watson's going to be playing for the Raiders or the California Penal League yeah. um, so like there's definitely layers to this Nico Collins Houston situation and if it's not him it's Davis Mills who they drafted with their first pick this year because they're I don't know what the thought process was there The reason I hate that is because if Deshaun Watson isn't starting this year, you're the worst team in football, meaning you're drafting early next year because I think they do have their first rounder next year. I think they're done with that. Yeah, they're done with that nonsense with with the Laramie Tunsil. Now, the Miamis turned that into additional picks, which are still paying out. So kudos to them. But yeah, if, if Deshaun Watson isn't starting, you're getting another quarterback next year. So you just wasted a pick on Davis Mills, who neither of us like. So I don't know. This is a categorical disaster. I (laughs) don't want him to go there. I'd rather Carson Wentz was throwing him the ball.
1: Yeah, this isn't good. No way to really spin it. It's a really rough situation for him. I said, I think if it's going to get better for him, it's going to take three seasons. It's not going to be good these first
0: two unless something just miraculous shifts there. Here's the problem with this, though, is I banged my fist on the table. I took him in the first round of the Packers in our draft which would have been awesome. Although once again, who the hell knows what's going on in green Bay at the quarterback situation. Yeah. But this is the guy I said for sure will be a hit. He went into maybe the one situation where I'm like, Oh man, I don't know. Like it, like you said, it could be four years till they get that resolved. Like That's it could true. be longer. I mean, he could get traded somewhere. And this is just not the situation I wanted Nico Collins to go into. Like, I hope he doesn't hear this and like gets down on the situation, but He's, he knows what's going on. These guys watch the NFL. They read ESPN. They know what kind of dumpster fires going on in Houston.
1: The one positive is he could very quickly become the guy at the wide receiver position because Cobb and Cooks are both very injury prone. They're going to need a guy to step up, and he's going to get a lot of reps, just reps and reps and reps. So you find out quickly, although on a bad team, how talented he is because good receivers can still stand out on bad
0: teams, and he can make the most of that for himself at least. I like that way to spin it back to optimism. All right. Also in the third round after Nico Ambry Thomas pick one Oh two towards the back end of the San Francisco 49ers little earlier than he, we thought he would go, but that goes to the absolute run on cornerbacks early on in this draft. You're just running out of guys that have uh, potential and have upside. Um, so yeah, maybe a little early for Ambry here without any 2020 tape, but uh, coming into a good situation with a pretty good defense, he won't be asked to start right away.
1: I love that. I would love it even more if Richard Sherman ends up re-signing with the 49ers to learn mm-hmm. from a player and a veteran like that and sit behind him, I think mm-hmm. could just only benefit him.
0: Yep. Learn the little things that it takes to be a successful cornerback. I like that yeah. as well. So that's one we'll watch kind of reminds me of the David long to, uh, Los Angeles a few years ago where you're like, well, we'll see in three years. Uh, cause I don't think this is going to be an immediate thing. So don't give up on David long and give Ambry Thomas some time. Uh, then there was a bit of a break. Cam McGroan to New England uh, with the fifth, or in the fifth round with the 177th pick. I said I would have taken him probably closer to the fourth because of upside, but this is still about right and good situation again with a team uh, that really reloaded in free agency. You got two other Michigan guys there. I mean, there's actually quite a few Michigan guys there, and yeah, you're gonna feel right at home on that defense, and you know, not gonna be asked to start right away again.
1: Yeah, you have Uche, Winovich, and Michael Amonu, and we'll even get to Quinn Nordin. Like, this is becoming the Michigan, the New England pipeline at this point. But, yeah, good for high Tower will be back after sitting out last year due to opting out because of COVID. He has guys he knows he's familiar with, as in Winovich and Uche. So, no, great fit for him, great place to learn. Bill Belichick's arguably the greatest defensive mind or football mind ever, so never a bad place to be. The complete opposite yeah. of Nico Collin's situation. It is. It
0: really is. It sucks that I have to watch New England games because they're like, I mean, Winovich, Uche, and McGrone. If they're all three on the field consistently, I'm watching that.
1: Yeah. I have to support that. There's no way you can't.
0: I'm going to tune in every week. Yeah. So um, also with San Francisco, Maurice Hurst now on the 49ers.
1: Love that. Absolutely love that. If he can just stay healthy, which has been his concern. Oh Mm -hmm. man, he could thrive there. It's like, I hate that he has to play next to Nick Bosa, but
0: Nick Bosa is so good at football. I know it could be mean. So 49ers and new England, as much as I don't like either of those teams, a lot of Michigan guys represented there. Another team that's uh, well-represented Baltimore Ravens taking Ben Mason in the fifth round, 185th pick. Uh, love this. Love the, <laughs> the hardball to Harbaugh. Love the fact that I think he will play situationally there because of what they like to do. And the fact that they are pretty much predicated on being a running offense. Um, this is awesome. <laughs> He's just a football player.
1: Yeah, they and he gets to play behind arguably the best fullback in football right now and Patrick Ricard and learn from him and then take over. Like, this is perfect for them. They even keep him healthy. The Ravens ran the ball more two seasons ago than any team had since
0: 1970. Like,
1: this is <laughs> the perfect situation for him. <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. And he's going to do stuff for him. And, you know, while a lot of people soured on Ben Mason because he had those back to back fumbles, and I don't even remember the year it all blends together now, he was in a bad situation moving from defensive tackle back to fullback that year. Um, so I think that would have meant that it was the last year of uh, Drevno. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. And
1: then we yeah. brought in. So, yeah, he 18, yep.
0: year. Yeah, so he was misused at times and probably should have exclusively stayed at fullback, which he will in Baltimore. And as a blocker, he is devastating. Absolutely devastating. Ton of fun. Love the pick.
1: The perfect fit for him. Probably my favorite fit of anybody in this whole draft for Michigan players because they're going to run the ball. They're going to ask you to eat nails and hurt people. And that's
0: what he does best. I like that one. And I also like the next one, our boy, Chris Evans to Cincinnati at pick 202. This is a ton of fun. We talked about it a little bit ago. Uh, the weapons that they have there, Joe Mixon and Evans leaking out of the backfield. Please tell me they have an offensive coordinator that can use this guy the way he's supposed to be used. Cause that is so much fun.
1: Zach Taylor is supposed to be a great offensive mind, man came from the McVay tree. And we're really going to find out because if he can't do it this year, there's no way you can have an offense with this much talent on it. Just be bad. It's impossible.
0: No, no but I mean, I'm just worried about the offensive line. So hopefully, uh, Jonah Williams coming back, and some of the picks they made can help shore that up. Cameron Cheeseman, round six, pick 225. Very surprising, but, um, I mean, if you can get what you think is a quality long snapper, these guys can play a long time. Dan Mulbeck's been on the Lions since I was, like, four years old. I
1: didn't have Cameron Cheeseman getting drafted and Lavert Hill not on my
0: Harbaugh-Michigan-era bingo card. No. It's wild, man. It's tough to say anymore, Um, especially the Levert Hill thing, man. Like cornerbacks are just going by the bunches. Guys that like, yeah, I mean, I mean, like guys like Eric Stokes and stuff went in the first round, and I'm like, this guy doesn't even have that much tape. Like, I don't know. So yeah, there was just. A run on cornerbacks, and and for Lavert Hill not to go two years ago is weird, but yeah. And then uh, undrafted guys, Carlo Kemp to the Packers. says I love Carlo Kemp, I just don't think he's gonna stick. They have him listed listed at linebacker though, <laughs> which is interesting. But they see what we saw. He's not a defensive tackle.
1: At two hundred eighty pounds, he's listed at linebacker. Wow, <laughs> that's a unit of a human being. But up there, paired up with Rashawn Gary now. So, another theme of reuniting teammates. So that'd be good for him. Maybe there's a chance for him to get on a practice squad, but active roster wise, I am dubious. And yes. lastly, lastly, at least, at least,
0: Quinn <laughs> Nordin is signed to the Pats. I mean, a lot of Michigan guys on the Pats, like we said, but. They now have they've got this guy and then the uh, Roberto Aguayo guy, so they've got the all like leg talent team and no production on the Pats. And I mean, with Nordine, man, no, nah, I'm not going to say anything good about him. Never mind, <laughs> yeah. he, just, he bugs me way too much with the do your job and then miss a, a, an extra point kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. it's and he's going to kick in a stadium that's very hard outdoors, lots of wind. So,
0: yeah, <laughs> good luck. Yeah. It already looks like he's kicking in a hurricane every single time.
1: <laughs> they play in Foxborough. The ball might end up in Providence. Just heads up.
0: No, I mean I'm concerned for sailors out at sea. <laughs> Those of you at Cape Cod, vacation at your own risk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, I mean, kicking's a lot of mental, and if he can ever figure out the mental part, we've seen his leg. That's all I'll say about that.
1: If if Quinn Nordine is actually like Quinn Nordine makes a Pro Bowl or is
0: just like a competent NFL kicker i i don't know what i will
1: do anything's
0: possible i think we're probably gonna have to eat our own hats like live on the air but that's fine yeah no it's yeah we'll eat eat something i don't know eat like a snake or something on the air (laughs) all right i guess we we decided we thought of a a a requisite punishment we're gonna just eat these snakes (laughs) live Uh, i mean what's (laughs) the fun if it's dead (laughs) what we came up with i don't know <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, that's what we got there. Favorite uh, guy that you think is going to succeed first, and then favorite situation.
1: Favorite situation is Ben Mason to Baltimore. I just, I absolutely love that. Just perfect fit, as we already harped on a lot. And what was the second question? First to succeed, pay just because he's going to get reps right off the bat, and he's going to immediately be inserted into the um, pass rushing rotation. If
0: Watson's starting, it's Nico. If he's not, it's Quitty. Yeah, that's that's um, fair. Favorite situations, either McGrown to New England or Mason to Baltimore. Yeah.
1: It's like Chris Evans is up there too, but it's just like there's some depth for him to overcome. But Ben Mason in Baltimore
0: is just like you couldn't write it any better. I think he's gonna play there for eight years. I do. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just hit yeah. people. That's all that's he, what he's best at. Right, right. Absolutely. I think that works. So all right. So moving ahead, 2022, we're gonna look at you know, this roster, and we haven't even really started to get into it too much outside of our spring draft, but as we get closer, we will start to dissect it more and more. But we want to look at the, you know, way too early guys that could be going next year. Cut. I mean, and looking at it right now, it could be one of our better ones, almost like the 2016 one, um, where you put some guys in that are real difference makers early on. So let's start at the top. And I think the number one draft prospect, stop me if you think I'm wrong, is Aiden Hutchinson. Facts. he's going to be a top 15 pick i think he is too and i mean he could get injured and sit out the year and probably still be a first rounder i mean that's that's where he's at right now
1: he's just such a stud man in this new defensive scheme i think he's really going to eat and just continue to move up draft boards i think he's better than pay and i think he did a lot to make pay look better so he's he's bigger more imposing he got another year just to play more angry so i'm excited for him man he's going to be a stud
0: yeah I mean we're obviously on the same page here, even about the being better than pay thing I agree with you there I think he is better than quiddy pay and six six two seventy to be able to move like that i mean if he, if he's playing in that Baltimore style defense where he's sometimes hand in the dirt, sometimes just rushing you like a linebacker, like good Lord, if he's able to do that and like God help you if they show that he can drop into coverage even slightly. Yeah, I mean, this guy, he'll go top five then in a yeah. really good draft with, I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau and Derek Stingley. This is a loaded draft next year on defense, especially.
1: One of the biggest things for me when it came out of spring camp that the defense was dominating the offense. I'm like, well, duh, have you looked at the defense on this team right now at Michigan? Like, come on. Like, they have a chance to be really, really good. Like, just Sorry.
0: <laughs> absolutely and uh i'm sticking to it and i'm going to keep railing at home that this is going to be the most improved defense in the country and he's going to be a, a big reason for it so so yeah so really excited
1: yeah man aiden hutchinson it will be the biggest reason and he's just like you said we we could talk about him for an entire podcast so we'll just keep it rolling here um i think the next Highest prospect is again on the defense, probably maybe the best player on the team. Top two with Hutchinson. That's Dax Hill at safety,
0: and he'll be draft eligible. And we don't know if he'll go or not. But I mean, if you take Jabril Peppers as the example, I would bet Daxton Hill probably goes. If I were his agent, I would advise him to go. Um, unless like Michigan is on the verge of a natty and come up just short, and you know we're bringing back everybody. Like, I, I just don't see why he would come back. So, yeah, I think Daxton Hill. Now, if he goes in as a safety, that probably puts his ceiling at like later in the first round, as we saw the first safety didn't go off until the second round in this. So safeties have been devalued a little bit. So that might like drive him down. But the fact that he has such good cover skills and I hope we play him at corner a little bit um, so people can see that he can play corner could really drive him up in like athlete wise could be a top. 15 guy
1: yeah he has that positional versatility which is highly valued can play in several different schemes his speed he just needs one dominant season from start to finish and this season is setting up to be that Hutchinson like you you think you said maybe off air maybe honor he could sit out and still be a top pick I think Daxon needs to put together a real to real season like last year I'm not holding that against anybody and before that he was a true freshman So now is his time to really put together some good tape and needs to take that next step because, yeah, I think the first round is definitely his ceiling, but he's got a low floor as well until he really puts it out there. But the potential for him is outstanding.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that could sit out and would still get drafted, but it would be remarkably lower than him. Like you said, if he came in and had a complete season doing what we know he can do, um, I think that he's going to have the best ball skills in the on the team, um, outside of maybe a receiver. I think that he's one of the top five fastest guys. I think that he's the best cover guy, and that is super valuable to the NFL. And higher ceiling than Travon Morig, um, or excuse me, the first corner off the board was Javon Holland of the Dolphins, and he's a much better prospect than that. So uh, could go much earlier and like I look at him more as like a ceiling that's honestly like Eric Berry. Like that's the ceiling of Daxton Hill.
1: Got a lot of potential, man. and I just love the way he can play back and forth. And with that speed and coverage skills, we'll see if how Mike McDonald utilizes him. But I'd love to see him work in the slot more.
0: Yep. All right. Love it. Moving on. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I think we're unanimous on those two. The next one up, I'm going to think, is Ryan Hayes. I think that with what we saw with the value of tackles and edge rushers, um, I'm going to go with the value there and think that maybe Ryan Hayes with a big season here, at his size, um, do you have his measurables 6'7", right? 6'7", that left tackle I think Ryan Hayes is, his most recent measurables. Yeah, if you could pull those up really fast, i appreciate it. But, I mean, we know that he's big. We've seen him out there. We just haven't seen him out there a lot. But you and I have been high on him. You especially were early on the Ryan Hayes hype train. Uh, converted tight end, uh, so you know he can move, and that really fits what uh, – I mean, that's always been – that will always work as a left tackle. So, yeah. Six, I think 6'7", 302. There you go. That's prototypical. That is prototypical tackle size. So uh, with a good season from Ryan Hayes, first round ceiling.
1: Yeah, I I think so as well. I think he is definitely next off the board, at least as far as right now, the potential that he has. A little more than Stuber, as Stuber's shown, he can play guard as well. No, Hayes is just getting better. Converted tight end, so he has that athleticism already built in. Couldn't agree with you more.
0: Next up, once again, interesting. So you agree that's the, the order, one, two, three? Correct. Next up, I'm going to switch it up. Ronnie Bell, a lot of wide receivers taken. Um, It is good to have wide receiver depth and more than three. So Ronnie Bell, while not the fastest guy, you know, converted basketball player that they thought wasn't even going to play football. We, We all know his story, but he's smooth. He's good in and out of breaks. He's great in the locker room. He doesn't drop a lot of balls. I know he's remembered for that one drop, but outside of that, he is generally reliable and just a smart wide receiver. And if he tests well, if he runs 4 4, definitely. Definitely. All aboard.
1: All right. I'm going to I'm going to push back on this one. Fair I'm enough. going. I, I like Ronnie Bell. Ronnie Bell's probably my my favorite, just like person on the team. I love Ronnie Bell. Like, and I always hate the argument. Oh, he's a three star playing. I don't care if he's a half a star. Is he good at football?
0: I don't care if he can't spell star.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So, no, for me, I'm going with a high upside player similar to Hayes who has changed positions, and that is Hassan Haskins. I like Hassan Haskins' ceiling a lot because he's 6'1", 220, He's only going to be into his second season, first full season, I guess, as starting running back. Because again, last season splitting carries with Charbonnet and the two and four COVID season, whatever. So could be his first full season as the guy, and I think he could really elevate. He's just getting better. We saw that in the limited sample size last year. We even saw him lay down a nasty hit on special teams against Minnesota. So I just love everything Haskins brings to the table. And if he's a guy that can just run four five at his size with his burst and ability to cut and low center of gravity,
0: very high on the ceiling. Mm, see, I'm going to push back on your pushback. Uh, we both know running backs are devalued. And the fact that it is gone to like the home run hitter or like, we'll just get you undrafted is going to push him back. I love everything about him. I love everything you said. I think he needs to rush for 1400 yards in order to push himself into the top three rounds. And in this discussion, we're just saying who's next off the board. I do not think it will be Haskins because he's just not what the NFL is looking I for. I thought we I were would. doing,
1: I'm sorry. I thought we were doing favorite players here, Jared.
0: Uh, no, no, we're doing next off the board. I oh. apologize. Yeah. Oh. yeah next, off the board, next off the board. Yeah. So I don't think it'd be Haskins. I Andrew think it's Stuber. Yeah. I think it's Stuber or Ronnie Bell.
1: Yeah. That's, that seems more reasonable. And Ronnie Bell obviously got helped a lot by this draft because size does not matter. Receiver anymore. Tutu Atwell yep. weighs as much as a cross country runner.
0: So and he's six foot. So if he runs a four four, Ronnie Bell will get up there. Even a four four four, a four like even a four five maybe. Eh. Forties are so overrated. They really are. (laughs) Hopefully he can do it as pro day like everyone did this year.
1: Exactly. Like there's so Keenan Allen ran like a four seven or four eight, and he's the best route runner in football. Like it doesn't matter that much. Are you
0: good at football? Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So um, yeah. After that, what do you think about Brad Hawkins as a draft prospect? You know how I feel about Brad Hawkins.
1: Like I really like his potential needs to a good leader, good size for that could be he and Haskins to me are going to be the middle round guys, like where they're going to be valued because I mean, Hawkins will have some good tape. It's going to be overshadowed, but he and Haskins to be these middle round guys that have the size, but may not have the production,
0: but each of them have the high upside. I will say both of those guys, Hawkins and Haskins um, ceiling third round, basement undrafted which isn't saying much um but i'm guessing probably fourth fifth round for hawkins and fifth round for haskins if i had to kind of project
1: i would see i see haskins like a michael carter like the he was the number two back out of north carolina that ended up on the jets i think he went fourth and i think that's where i see haskins being similar to
0: We'll see what he runs i don't no. think he'll get four four range and they like that a lot um stuber you mentioned earlier i think he'll be at six foot seven I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a guy that can play tackle. So if he has a good year, definitely could rise um, second round ceiling.
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: Yeah. Something like that. So that's pretty high ceiling for him. Josh Ross, a ceiling of maybe third round, I think maybe closer to fifth round or undrafted. I mean, he needs to have a bounce back year, Um, but I just, maybe he was misused and I'm really excited to see him um, in this new defense. And see if, like, maybe he can just fill the rush lanes because he hits like a ton of bricks. So it'll be, he was was
1: used so much in coverage this past year and just looked lost at times. I think he gets back to what he does best this season. But yeah, for me, he's like, as of right now, without seeing this coming season, which is what we're basing all this off of, is for me, he's fifth to seventh. I mean, fifth to undrafted. Like, he just doesn't have the tool set right now.
0: Right. But I, I do think that he will get back to uh, clogging up rushing lanes and, and be much better at that. And if you know what he's you know, used for, yeah, he could have a place in the NFL doing that same thing. Uh, three wild cards for you, though. Guys that, I mean, because of the positions they play and their athleticism could really, really rise. Uh, Cornelius Johnson, Eric All, Chris Hinton. What do you think about any of those guys? Eric All, I know, like, the jokes are there. You Let's, let's, let's just get past them. We the get it. Jo-
1: the right. jokes are there, but if Eric All has one good season, as hard as it is to find a good tight end and how, like, shallow that pool is every season, he can right. fall straight to the top.
0: That's, That's more what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, he can shoot straight to the top. So, one good season by all. He moves, I mean, second round, hell, first. Like, he just has that position. He plays that position. So, that could be for him...
0: Like the modern NFL and the fact that he's like a fairly quick but big pass catcher. Yep. So he mean just
1: yeah, man. The potential is there. Just need to see it. He's like the Gregory Rousseau of of tight ends right now. So can you see sure. it? You can shoot sure. up there. Sure. Uh, Chris Henton, low yep. right. Yeah, pretty can low you? right now. This needs needs a lot. I can't even can't even speculate wildly how much he needs. Just a lot. <laughs>
0: But I mean, we're kind of saying that about Eric all like Eric all had the worst season ever be like, man, if he just didn't have an awful season, he'd be really good.
1: But I feel it's like important. his
0: corrections are easier to make than Chris Hinton's the ball, whereas yeah, Chris Hinton's are like, man, I don't really learn
1: to play football. <laughs>
0: You need to be better in run support. You need to get more pressure. You need to develop your moves. You need to play with better leverage. Like, you're really big. Should you be maybe moved to the end? Like, I don't know. They're really tall. Like, he, he's a tough one.
1: So many question marks there, and Eric Alls just catch the ball. Cornelius Johnson's the
0: interesting one. That's the answer here. That's the biggest wild card.
1: Yeah, that is such – this whole offense, I have no idea what to expect. We could average 40 points a game. We could average 13 points a game, and I don't think I'm going to be surprised either way. But we can continue the trend of Michigan receivers underperforming at the college level, testing off the charts, and being drafted. I totally forgot that De- Donovan Peoples-Jones had a 44-and-a-half-inch vertical.
0: Donovan Peoples-Jones was a freak, man.
1: <laughs> it makes no sense that we had that
0: much, that
1: much weaponry
0: on the no. outside. I mean, we're going to look back at the talent that we had and be like, we lost to this Michigan State team. Be like, oh, were they really loaded? No, <laughs> none of those guys ever went on to play in the NFL. And like the majority of our team did.
1: That's what hurts worse. So if you look back at other Michigan state teams, like, well, they had Le'Veon Bell. Well, they had Kirk cousins. It's like, okay, I, I could see that a player took him over the edge, but this past season, it's like, they had Rocky Lombardi.
0: <laughs> Rocky Lombardi. Sounds like some sort of outcove that a sailor might need to worry about as he's coming into port. I know. <laughs> over there careful
1: i think he Can't transferred too thank god the michigan killer is gone no, is he still if he's still there or not oh he is transferring he's going to uh northern illinois the saluki there that's southern illinois he's going to northern illinois the wolves so don't have to worry about him anymore praise god
0: praise jesus yeah i'm <laughs> over that but um all right man well uh anybody else that we missed that could be a prospect to watch i feel like we may be I mean, there's guys like Vastardis and stuff, but do we really want to go down that road?
1: Uh, Not at this time. I'm trying to run through a couple. I I don't want to discuss Vincent Gray. I don't want to get sad. Um,
0: It'd have to be on the defense. Yeah, exactly. So it'd have to be on the defense, and we don't know who our opposite ends are going to be. Like, uh, I mean, and the other guys are all really young. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, those are the players I feel like we can speculate on just a little bit, but it'll be interesting to see, man. A, a lot of these guys could really turn into a big season and change everything.
0: Yeah, well, we're high on the top couple guys, so there will be some Michigan guys in this next draft. That much we are sure of. But
1: Over, so under guess, two Wolverines in the first round next year.
0: Over, under two. Um, I'm going to say it is two, so I guess that's calling me over. Yeah, I'd say it's push. Yeah, yeah, push, yeah. Okay. So I guess you'd be over, under one and a half if you were doing that, betting.
1: That's how we'd set it, yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, um, And I would say, yeah, I would say too. I think Dax Hill and Aiden Hutchinson are at positions of need. And, and like you said, like they just got to have one healthy, decent season and being on the 92nd ranked defense, isn't going to do that. So like I said, and I'm I'm going to keep saying it a million times, most improved defense in the nation, baby. Dude, I'm, I'm going to ride it. Tattoo it on me. On my forehead. So the people. <laughs> All right, man, that's going to do it for us tonight. Unless you got anything else.
1: That's it for me too, brother.
0: All right, man, we are off next week. I am going on an odyssey into the desert, and God willing, we'll return alive and intact, but we'll be back after that, getting into peak off-season stuff. Uh, We're going to definitely do a draft, another draft, because that's what we do. Uh, The all Harbaugh Wolverine draft is going to be a lot of fun. Looking forward to that one.
1: A lot to discuss and break down. So many fun hypothetical arguments to have
0: yes and then we will uh speculate wildly on everything that jj mccarthy has to say on instagram uh that's gonna do it for out of the blue make sure that you like share subscribe wherever you get your podcasts wherever that be spotify apple music wherever. follow us on twitter at maize brew i am jared that is andy this is out of the blue and we'd like to remind you that wherever you go go blue <laughs>